I just think it's like a really important idea that sustainability kind of extends into so many different things. Like I'm always trying to bring ideas about, you know, institutions and organizations into this mm -hmm. idea of sustainability. How do you mm -hmm. make something, how do you like reduce waste? How do you think about things sort of in a more, um, compassionate way in terms of like consumption in terms of all kinds of things in terms of you know just equity and I mean all of this stuff is sort of sewn into sustainability and I think people kind of get weirded out and don't really necessarily connect the dots into how sustainability is part of such a huge fabric right and mm -hmm. it's the same idea as kind of applied across the same frameworks applied across different spaces right I mean, right they all have to do with waste and consumption and and again you know equity and justice and looking at where things are coming from and where they're ending up you know and like I, and i don't think people necessarily think in those terms. i'm charmant i'm katie and this is Unpacking Ethical. A podcast where we sip our favorite drinks at the moment. And talk about some things. Because there's nothing ethical about upholding the status quo. Let's talk about it. This week on Unpacking Ethical. Hey, we are back for another episode of Unpacking Ethical. And we have a special guest. Not really a guest. A friend. <laughs> kind of a guest. <laughs> to sit her in <laughs> she's like that. invading the podcast today yeah we got two but we've got two though you we got you two guests that's right yeah if you're tuning into the video we got mr max's podcast baby right here he's my big fat fluffy persian and he's about yeah you're not you're not gonna hear him i guess yeah although he purrs really loud he I've, he has shown up in meetings as a as a purr here and there. Did we bore him? He's like, oh, I'm too good for He's this. like, oh, you ladies. I got places he's, to be. He's done. <laughs> so that was it. That's all we got. <laughs> but how's everyone? Y'all look <sighs> lovely. We're good. Thank you. I, think I have this button roll. You I'm as good. well. I'm like, you keep, you're covering up like this orchid in the back, Salma, but... Oh, I guess yeah, we should introduce you. We don't, like, we don't normally introduce people because they're like like business people and we give them all this like space at the end but I feel like we should like do you at the beginning okay that sounded weird we're not actually gonna well, do you we're gonna <laughs> you know it'd be nice if somebody would but oh that's a whole that. other conversation I know. <laughs> kick it off now I actually don't know why I'm here I am a, a huge a fan of ENSA of the Ethical Network. Sharman uh, and I work together and I have nothing but esteem and respect for all of you guys and all the work you do. And um, I'm learning from the masters here. That's what I feel like. But my take is more from, I'm definitely interested in ethical stuff and, and tech. I'm a scientist, um, but I'm also a consumer of all things out there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in this space. I feel like I'm, I'm definitely being apprenticed to some of the, some of the people who are like the best I've ever met at it. So it's hoping to. But who are you with Insa? Oh yeah. So like, what's my, I'm, I know I'm a board member and <laughs> uh, secretary maybe you guys, if you get newsletters, they're usually put together. Well, here and there, they're put together by me. I hope to be doing that more regularly. Sorry, Sharma. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm happy to, really happy that you guys asked me to join in. It's been really great. Yeah. So now let's find out what you're drinking. Okay. So this is basically five buck chuck is it's like bubbles it's like germ cheap german champagne but it's like so good it's like it's uh i don't know what chateau something or other but yeah when you think of of champagne or kava or whatever you, you don't think of germany but this stuff i recommend it it's 5.99 trader joe's you guys have talked about trader joe's here before with your beverages we're all fans and i figured since we're doing this a little late as you can probably tell from the lighting uh because i know you guys are in slightly different lighting than you usually are i figured and also i'm following tavi's lead because tavi had the margarita oh yeah uh, last one so I figured, <laughs> tavi set the tone we are 6 p.m yes. Yeah, so I'm ready. I was ready with my beverage. I'm sure. I also have a backup sparkling water because bubbles tend to make me stupid really fast. So I start <laughs> that sounds like fun. I like it. <laughs> We're ready for the stupid. Should I go? We're after, right? So I've got a little mocktail that I've made here. Oh, a pretty glass. Yes. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Second hand. Hey. <laughs> So um, I feel like I need to, let me take a sip, hold on. Mm -hmm, it looks mm -hmm. like mango, peach, what mm -hmm. is that? So it's mango, um, orange juice, pineapple juice, and then I threw in um, some this gingerade stuff that I get from um, this company called Elix Healing. I think, have we talked about Elix before? I don't remember. But it's a, a thing that they make these little Chinese herbal medicines that I take for um, my cramps. Help, and it has like changed my life but they also have this stuff called ginger aid which is just like this concentrated ginger concoction that is also miraculous and amazing and i threw a little bit of that in my little mocktail okay, they are not sponsors spice. we should point out we'd be happy if they were but apparently they're not sponsored we should they need to pay me though because <laughs> i talk about them all the time <laughs> what is the love. company yeah. again called what e -L -I -X. okay and then, yeah, then I threw in some blueberries and some ice to make it extra fancy. It sounds so you, you're just, you stepped up from the water that you were drinking. Well, in I figured I would match today. Look, see, I'm matching. <laughs> it's a vibe. Yeah. I'd like to Katie? point out that we are going broadless today. And so. I, this has been happening a lot lately. First of all, I, I don't know what it is about me and and flannel, but it's 51,000 degrees outside and I'm wearing this shirt and I love it still. Um, I'm drinking a blueberry robust tea. Mm. I, is that I, the same one from before? From, you got from Dallas? Which one from Dallas? I, I think you brought on some tea from Dallas sometimes. <laughs> I thought I heard blueberry. Some blueberry tea. I remember thinking, "Ooh, blueberry tea sounds good." Is it the same? Now y'all, now I gotta think about this. I, this I haven't made. This is a loose one. It's like oh, okay. ro red robust tea, and it has like uh, dried blueberries in it. Hmm. And so I just made this one. Just I don't know if I. Oh, I had a blueberry chamomile tea that I got in Dallas. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Okay. And that was, I got that when I was in Dallas in April. I know what you're talking about now, because I did have that. And that was good. Um, I was cramping and 
you know, chamomile is just good for all kinds of stuff. So, but no, this is red robos with dried blueberries. So it's really, it's a deep, you probably can't see, but it's like a deep, dark color. Um, it's good. good. So fasting from food to, uh, until 8 p.m. So I'm just drinking water and tea. Nice. Nice. So, so what are we talking about today, ladies? That's a good question. What are we talking We are talking about how we approach sustainability with other people. That's our thing and how we talk about it. And as I'm like thinking about this, because when we first brought this up, I was thinking of it in a manner of um, like how we talk about it with our, our friends and our family and, um, you, know, you know, just talking about it in general. But it kind of mm-hmm. got me thinking about, um, I'm about to say her name wrong. I was about to say Samata. It's not Samata. That's not how you say Samata is how you, how you say she says her name from Red Carpet Green Dress mm-hmm. and how she has been on this campaign to just like stop saying sustainable fashion and talk about sustainable clothing. Cause she's like, when you know, when you say fashion, people kind of think of this whole like elusive, luxurious kind of thing. And they don't think that applies to them. When the fact is sustainable fashion is just the clothes that you wear and everybody wears clothes, unless you live in a nudist colony, which you know is your thing. But the rest of us, <laughs> We all wear clothing, you know, so it's this area and this thing that applies to, to all of us. And so it's like, how do we approach that and um, let people understand that it's something that we all can participate in? And, and two, that it's not this exclusive club. Yeah. Uh. One conversation that I always... I've been trying to have with people recently and I'm not in the space necessarily with a lot of um, you know fashion and marketing types type people but I just think it's like a really important idea that sustainability kind of extends into so many different things like I'm always trying to bring ideas about you know institutions and organizations into this idea of sustainability how do you Mm -hmm. make something how do you like reduce waste how do you think about things sort of in a more um, compassionate way in terms of like consumption, in terms of all kinds of things, in terms of, you know, just equity. And I mean, all of this stuff is sort of sewn into sustainability. And I think people kind of get weirded out and don't really necessarily connect the dots into how sustainability is part of such a huge fabric right? And mm-hmm. It's the same idea as kind of applied across the same frameworks applied across different spaces, right? I mean, right? They all have to do with waste and consumption and, and again, you know, equity and justice and looking at where things are coming from and where they're ending up, you know, and like, I, and I don't think people necessarily think in those terms. Like when I say the word sustainability in terms of a process or an organization, people's kind of heads explode because the word has been so, co- and you guys have talked about the co-opting of the word, right? Into, uh, into you know, by pe- certain people and, mm-hmm. and into certain areas. And like, I'm always like trying to kind of pull the things that you're talking about and kind of like apply them to other things. And people yes. are just like, it's just, it's hard, you know, sometimes to get people to connect those things across different contexts and spaces, right? So um, that I've just brought that to mind, but yeah, I mean, sustainable fashion. I mean, yeah, it is. I, I, I thought you guys had such a great 
take on in the in the last one I think on on perfectionism and how mm-hmm. like you do what you can I loved your story about castles you know the bathing suit that you, mm-hmm. you go to target if you have to and you know you use it for two years you know you sort of make these sort of do you make these calculations with yourself about how to, mm-hmm. how to do sustainability right but um yeah I mean sustainable fashion yeah, so can you, like, let's unpack that. I, I, so what do you mean in terms of sustainable fashion? Like, what, where do you think that word has been? That, Are you that talking to mind? Maybe you can jump oh, in too. Because <laughs> I know you brought that up and I hadn't heard that. So that was a very interesting point of, um, from red carpet, green dress. Um, I said that right, right? Red <laughs> carpet, green dress, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I just first wanted, like, to, to say that sustainability... We, we've talked a lot about reclaiming what that means because, you know, Black and Indigenous and, and, you know, people of color around the world have, you know, inherently sustainable practices mm-hmm. always. Um, but in general, I think sustainability is a human, it's a human thing. It's, it always has been, but we have gotten so far removed from that because of you know, great developments and conveniences and things being accessible so quickly and so easily for a lot of people, not for everyone. But, you know, essentially these structures have removed us from what it means to sustain ourselves, to sustain our communities, you know, to sustain the earth, to protect the earth, to live in harmony with our surroundings. And I think that that is why people wrestle with it in a way it's confusing because we have become programmed to not even think of sustainability as inherently a part of our day-to-day lives and it should be. Um, And so I think, you know, I I will continue to use the word because I think there's no other word that can fully encompass all the things that we're able to unpack and talk about the way this sustainability does and and I'm always like gonna push back like people can co-opt the word as much or any space around sustainability as much as they want to the pushback for me is I'll continue to use the word and and up you one on your definition so <laughs> like that's I'm gonna continue to use it but I think like in within fashion like it can look also so many ways it's you know, we started out talking a lot about like the ethics part of it. Like, mm-hmm. are, are we able to, you know, the people who work on the clothes, the artisans, or, you know, the people who work in the factories, are they actually even able to sustain themselves while making right. these clothes that are really only a few of us can actually afford to purchase sometimes depending on the brand. Like those are conversations around sustainability. Um, but then there, there's something I've been sitting with and this is not necessarily what you were talking about Sama but it just made me think of like you know there's fashion and there's clothes and I know that there's not a there shouldn't be a huge distinction because it might sound like an elitist thing I have been resting a lot because I've been writing about street fashion particularly lately and I've been wrestling a lot what what is fashion and I think fashion is just an attitude it's not like a definite thing it's just something you either love to participate in or you don't and it doesn't have to look one way but I think there's something again it's okay to to have like exclusive kind of things and it not be elitist I think that those two things are 
they're not like, they don't have to be one in the same or they don't have to come together. But I think to say that you are a fashionista or you love fashion doesn't necessarily mean that you're out here spending big bucks on things and something new all the time or whatever. I think it's just an attitude of like, I really enjoy how like putting together looks. I really enjoy playing with clothes and sustainable sustainability in fashion comes from, I enjoy that still, but I'm more mindful of how I'm doing that. Like, am I going to buy things from companies that I know are harmful to the environment or harmful to their employees? Or am I, you know, thrifting at a local thrift store and then getting really creative with my looks? So I think that's what I think about in terms of fashion, but it is all of those layered. It's, it is the people, it is, you know, the extraction of natural resources. It is, you know, how you put something together. It is having conversations about fashion trends and where they come from and understanding that there's historical context there and people tied to those stories that should not be erased. So I think it's all of those things. I don't know if, if I just went over the board, but. And I, yeah, I, I would have to agree. I think, um, for me, sustainability is this umbrella phrase, and I think we use it interchangeably with ethical, um, ethical, you know, just putting more of an emphasis on um, the human portion of it, the human and animal, you know, portion of it. Right. But I think because, because like this ethical space has now come like sustainability in itself has like changed its definition and its word and yeah. it's this constantly evolving thing and right. it is still the term that most people recognize and um so I think it's it is important to continue to use it and in a sense use it interchangeably because before I wouldn't have necessarily said that sustainable and ethical were interchangeable because right. sustainable sustainability tends to, to focus on the environment purely. Right. But I think that in and of itself is changing and evolving and the space is changing and people are recognizing that you have to include all these things. You know, you have to be more inclusive in your sizing. You have to be more inclusive in how you market your brand. You have to um, think about who is making your clothes and how it's being made and not just right. what it's being made from. And so... Um, so yeah, so sustainability has definitely grown and evolved and you know, the term and how it's used has, has changed. And like, I'm, I'm good with that. Like, I'm okay. I'm okay with even if it's not, um, you know, what it started out to be, that it has now evolved to include like all of these things. And it's something that p people are thinking about when they think about sustainability. And so, and I think, and I think yeah. yeah, you know, uh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, just that's beautifully put, Sharman. And I think it, because we have been open to all of us who, you know, either, you know, anybody can define it for their own lives, really. But mm -hmm. like the people who are leading the conversations, broadening the definition, expanding what that means, just means that more people can find themselves along the spectrum somewhere right. of sustainability, which which is a good thing. It, it is a good thing. And, and I to bring that part back, with like what someone was saying or how you're trying to apply it. And I think that makes it easier to then apply it across the spectrum. Like when, you know, we talk about the tech world and we, right. we talk about corporations and institutions that it's easily more uh, applicable to these spaces when the definition has been broadened. 
Right. It is. I do love this idea that sustainability, which used to be all about just being green and earth and environment mm-hmm. and stuff, like it really, like in my brain, it was synonymous with that, like through the right. '90s, and you know, um, and I think it's it started to dawn on me a few years ago when I started hearing the word human capital, because you know, you when you talk about management of organizations this idea of human the human capital part which is such a weird it's such a weird phrase because you know we're talking about business <laughs> models and there's capital you know there's the money part of it there's yeah. you know the goods and the service but there's this human capital right and so now people are kind of taking that phrase and building it and building the humanity into it right and looking right. at how do you sort of how do you maximize human capital? How do you maximize, you know, satisfaction, work-life balance, retention, you know, just, mm-hmm. um, you know, keeping people insured and like, you know, happy and productive and efficient because efficiency, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think it's only dawned on me recently in terms of organizations and, and management that there is this calculation where human, the human, the human costs was right. left out of the efficiency measures, Always, right? Yeah. And yeah. there's such a cost, especially. I mean, it, I mean, in in these, I mean, in these in every industry, but yeah. you know, we, we've been we're talking about fashion here, where it's just like it's so exploitative, right? I mean, or it has right. been, you know, especially to you know certain you know uh, certain parts of the world for sure. Yeah. Um, and I mean that that part of it, I think, uh, I think that part of it has made it into the popular culture now slightly more. And I think it, it just needs these conversations that need to be had over and over and over again to sort of right. get out of the like green leaf, you know, <laughs> kind of right. logo space when people think sustainability, right? So um, how do you make spaces? processes, organizations, um, whole industries sustainable. I mean, it's this multi-dimensional calculation of which I think the human beings are really at the center of it. And I mean, I guess this is also like, it's it's kind of like that, that idea that if you take care of the people that all that other stuff, you know, like this, if you take care of, you know, your neighbor, your whole community Mm -hmm. thrives, right? Mm -hmm. It is is such a little, you know, a little sort of interconnected web of, of relationships, right? So, I mean, that part of it, I think, can, cannot be underscored more. And whenever mm-hmm. I try to have these conversations about sustainability, it, it really always has to start with the people. And I think that's what's so amazing about what you guys do, is you really put the human face on, I mean, on all of this, right? Yeah. And we have to understand, too, like, when we talk about unpacking, you know, things like sustainability, I meant, like, earlier, it's, it should be a human trait. I don't know that it is for naturally for everyone, but especially for people like us and where we come from, especially Black folks. And I don't, like, in America, but here's the thing. When you talk about, like, these companies, businesses, all of it, at the foundation, there's white supremacy because it was all created from this same... It's all a part of the same system. So these are the same people not exactly the same but these are the same people like we talked about last year almost a year ago around this time, like the same mentality same, yeah. with the same mentality mm-hmm. of the people who came here and and murdered raped you know um destroyed the land and you know you know industrialization by way of colonization like all of those things like these are the same people so if you don't separate yourself from those same you know ideas or or ideals and that same foundation then you do find yourself in this place constantly being willing to sacrifice human lives for a profit 
And mm-hmm. so when these, that's why, you know, you know, people celebrate bigger companies talking about what they're doing and, you know, and, 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 and sometimes there are like small wins worth, you know, celebrating, um, especially if it's for, in favor of the people who are almost always left out of those conversations. But at the same time, it's like, these are the same companies who at the root cannot do anything without considering the bottom line. So how much are they actually willing to sacrifice and give up to make sure that those people don't get left out? There's an argument to be made for the fact that like, there is a new, I mean, this kind of points to the need for reconfiguring how one does business, right? Like processes can really be made more efficient. I mean, this is, this is one of the big ideas of sustainability is how do you build a system to be so fundamentally frugal, efficient, and like, you know, just in terms, just, just efficiency happens along again, so many different dimensions. I mean, it's not always, it's not always the profit, right? Right. Profit and value comes in many different ways, right? right? It comes in, 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 in whether you can, pay a decent wage and whether you can afford to, you know, pay for your, your people's uh, health insurance or whether you can give them extra time, you know, like there's, there's plenty of ways. And I think if you were given, I mean, for those of us who work terrible jobs and who just hate getting up in the morning and going to work, I mean, just the idea, like so many people would, would, I think, do that calculation for themselves. If they're working for somebody mm-hmm. that they respect, who they know cares about them, who sees them as a human being, who allows them to bring their whole self to work and who, you know, who has all these inclusive practices of which all of these like profit-minded things are, are can be sort of reconfigured with this idea of inclusivity, right. right? So, so much of this process stuff can be reimagined and not by a lot. I mean, it just involves some small tweak, not that I'm an economist and not that I'm a business owner and I can sit here and talk all I want, right? But the reality is stuff that, other like I'm sure that you guys stay up like in configuring a bit and trying to figure out how do you make things, you know, easier on you, easier on, you know, like you're, I mean, you, you all have like contractors and people that you work with, like how you, how you, sort of fun, what is your business model and where, what are your value principles? Like, what are you trying to do? I mean, you're all clearly trying to do something ethical in terms of the product you produce and the the footprint, right? So that's one value measure there that the standard, you know, just profit-based company doesn't have. And and then, you know, there's sort of like, this is sort of an interesting process for like small business people. It's like how to, or even a sky, like I would imagine what, like joining a company or joining a sort of a collective like that and having some of those conversations about how to be mentored into changing processes and changing business models just slightly, right? And to, yeah. to sort of adapt them into these spaces seems like something mm-hmm. really valuable. And who are the people having those conversations in your spaces? We are, Sharman, we, and it feels good. It's also challenging, Sharman, um, I keep saying your name, Salma and Charmaine. Close to that. <laughs> I respond to Charmaine with pleasure. <laughs> no, but because you brought it up that we, mm-hmm. you know, we are in terms of like business model and all of those things, like we are having to pioneer a new way of doing things mm-hmm. because there is no blueprint for what we're trying to do and what we're trying to build right there's right. no and, means of production for right. what you guys are doing like no. just just textiles and things it, like right yeah right I mean and it's very difficult in terms of like you know I'm so next year I'm launching ESJ Media Lab because I 
I, I, I had been struggling for some time and it's not like I want to be a consultant because I don't really think of myself as a consultant, but just continuing dialogue so we can grow together with other businesses, but really trying to get, you know, folks who are in already doing ethical and sustainable business to really dive deep into the message messaging that we're using, the marketing tools that we're using, because that's all from coming from the same place, those conventional kind of business practices but there's no blueprint for how to do this. So like everything that I would be sharing and, you know, collaborating, you know, with other people to kind of figure out are things that I've, you know, had to learn just on my own. And so when people ask me, what is your business model? I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to do what's right. There's no infrastructure. To, there's how no you, infrastructure. Yeah, how do you have? Yeah. Right, right. So it's like, I'm just so trying to do So how do you have a business model? <laughs> that's yeah, what we're trying right, totally and that. Right. And that's what like, you know, organizations like INSA and like ESJ and, you know, several others that are doing, you know, things in their own corners and spaces. That's the importance because, you know, we have to, we are in a place, in a position, in a place where we have to pave this new road for people to be able to see. But, but the thing is, it's like, we are having to do, create this path for people and, a lot of it is from lived experience from learning things and that's all just as you know valuable as to in my as far as I'm concerned is anything you would learn in a, in a business like school like okay yeah. like it's the the profit is always the the center of everything like how are you going to profit so I don't know like it, it's difficult but we got to get to the root of a lot of this stuff and I, I feel sometimes I feel like it's unfair that I have to do this because I don't have a ton of power and privilege in the ways that you know sometimes it's needed to really interrupt these systems but mm -hmm. here I am try, trying my best. <laughs> don't you think I mean I'm asking you guys because I don't know the answer to this but from where, where I'm, I'm wondering if this is like a really opportune moment where things have like you know, rock bottomed into such a low place in sort of like, you know, in sort of the human equity realm mm -hmm. and in the environmental space, right? That like, like, mm -hmm. you know, people are looking at, at human rights, at, at social justice and at like, what are we doing to the planet? So the, there's like this moment where people are like, okay, wait a minute, maybe this is a real thing that we need to start thinking about. Like, I, right. I don't know what it's going to take to get people to, you know, reach into their wallets or for big corporations to go into their sort of like you know business plans and and their you know their the way they run things and to, to sort of modify accordingly but it seems like you know lobbying and all that, like there's this moment of like people are going what is happening this is like everything is falling apart the structure and fabric of our society is falling yes. apart right so like with covid too right like everything yeah. has had to change like in terms of how we do everything how, how supply chains work and so it's just like it's you know you have to like completely break a system in order to like build, rebuild it in the yes. right way like don't you think it feels like this moment where like okay like how do you like how does one jump on that at the scale that like you guys are living at versus like you know the sort of mid-level like it's just it seems like this is a moment right it, it, it should be yeah. it's it time be. to burn you it think, all down think, right you you think. Think. burn it all down right there isn't gonna be one that's the best. yeah <laughs> Well, okay, so while you're while you're talking about this, and I'm thinking about like reimagining business and yeah. 
and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm going to put out another plea here. He's not going to hear this, but you know, I've been stalking Joe Keani ever since I heard his interview. And he was talking about like, you, you know, you do what's right and you do what's needed and you kind of figure out how it makes money later. Right. And I'm like, I just, I want him to like talk more on that and talk about how he's built his business and his foundation. So I'm asking you one more time. I'm going to keep bugging you, keep, stay up in your DMs. Keep antagonizing you, because <laughs> I'm determined he's gonna come talk to somebody. Listen up, Joe. Listen up. We're talking to you, Joe. <laughs> Is this the guy you were telling me about, Shaman? The the um, I don't know. Oh, Not Chris Jamal Evans. This is the other. The other. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you emailed this other person, right, about coming on the show. Oh, no, 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 that was, a, that's a different guy. This is a different guy. Shaman, um, guys, you out here, leave people alone. <laughs> no, no, so, so the other, other guy I had, like, look, I don't keep bugging people because I don't, like, like you said, you, I, we don't have um, the, the power to really, I don't want to say affect change because I feel like we can't affect change from where we are, but I think to, to really, you know, completely bring down the system, like on our own, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Like that's not something we have. I don't even want to say clout. What is the word I'm looking for? What is, you just use power, right? Is that? <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, it takes a lot of us to come together to have the amount of power that just a few people have. And it's, it's yes. by design. So what yes. is, I get exactly what you're saying. What we have can only go so far. And yeah. it, it, sometimes you just need these bigger people with more connections to like more willing pay attention. Yes. yes. Yeah, exactly. There's power in networks. I mean, this is where ESSA yes. becomes really important, right? Yes. I mean, we've yeah. got, I mean, and, and you've got, we've got all, having all kinds of businesses wanting to, you know, buy into this idea, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've got, you know, ESJ, we've got fashion, we've got food. We, I mean, it's like, there's so many, we've got, you know, just all these, all these recycling types of things where we have like raw material. I mean, like I could, we've been talking about grant writing, right? And like, mm -hmm. yeah. I can totally imagine the situation where we have like, people sort of coming together and looking at what they have and looking at what they need and trying to like sort of repurpose and build a little like sort of modified supply chain and, and having that become like an incubator, like a sort of a little prototype for how things can scale. Right. Right. So right. these are the types of things that like, I mean, unfortunately we don't have, I mean, it doesn't take much, right. To make a, a small ecosystem and ha having one that works. And this is kind of right in my mind, again, this is the way I think about ENSA being really impactful and sort of in, beyond the next five years. Right. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is, these are the sorts of things that we want to start thinking about with the people yeah. that we're bringing on. Right. I think it, and it's yeah. really exciting mm -hmm. to be in so many different spaces yeah. and getting people talking. Cause we don't have to have all the ideas. You guys are all brilliant. I mean, like you guys yes. know what you need, you know what you want, you know what you have, right. You know yeah. what your priorities are, you know, you're all very values driven people, very principled people. So, I mean, that's why I think this is such a valuable thing to sort of get together with people who are on the same planet as you and speaking the same language you using the same alphabet as you and I think that's where the power comes from and that's why I think Enza is just a, it's such an interesting experiment and the, I mean it's not an experiment you're already being super effective right yeah. I mean and it's just it's going to be more interesting to see how it scales as it as the network becomes bigger um 
So yeah, no, I'm excited. I just need to write some down and get you guys some money. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like small matter yeah. of like getting some funding, but yeah, it's a no, timing little issue. Because <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, regardless of all us wanting to burn everything down, we were, I mean, I've said it before, we're still operating within the system. We have we to are. continue to operate in the system while we're working to change it. And so we're like pulling double duty. Right. Definitely. And I think, I think totally. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think, you know, it's funny that you say burn it all down, Charmant, because that is totally not your ethos. Like, I think change any change is powerful. Incremental change is the most powerful, right? Because people don't even realize that the change is happening. You hear that, Joe Keani? <laughs> Come on, Joe. That's your little, your little micro, whatever he calls it. I can't remember what he calls it. <laughs> micro grants. Yeah, those are the wave of the future, you know? This is the yeah. idea of like, well, get, you know, teach a person to fish kind of idea. I love that. I also feel like, you know, last year was a moment. In, in time where I thought for a while people were paying more attention to like the cracks in the system that could not be ignored anymore like no matter where you were like people really and then we got back to business as usual again and that was also by design you know it's always yeah. going to be that way yeah but I and, and while I love like you know micro small level changes um affecting things over time because you know Sharman and Sama y'all know that the work we do be it with INSA you know with any other you know ESJ whatever it might be we always knew that this was for the long haul we always yeah. knew that the things we're doing today weren't necessarily meant to it wasn't we're not going to see all the fruits of all of this today but our kids should be able to at some right. point in their lifetime and it, it's, you know, these structures that we are attacking are things that have been standing for a very long time. So it takes time. But I think people, the cry from people that feels like a little bit is just not enough sometimes is because there's certain groups of people, and I can't talk globally, but I will talk about here in this country, certain groups of people have been only getting moving an inch at a time, and it's just not enough anymore. It's like, sometimes it is, some days it is burn that shit down because it does not serve us. And it doesn't matter what new law comes into place that is disguised as something that's support, supposed to be for the people when it's not actually serving the people. And I'm going to say something that's really unpopular, but I'm going to say it anyway, because we unpack and we raw, we friends, <laughs> we keep it real. That New York mandate for, for people having vaccinated cards was something that was... I don't know the full process of it, but I imagine it, it happened a lot quicker, but they have a, a homeless, a houselessness, homelessness problem in New York City and always have. That's also a public health crisis and they can't se seem to figure out how to do that for decades. Mm. Those kinds of things bother me. Those are structural issues like this idea of we're doing what's right for people. You're not, though. You have people sleeping in the subway station and this isn't and this the stigma that comes with you know, houselessness is like, well, that's their decision. I don't even want to get into all that bullshit. But what I'm saying is like, it's perfectly fine for people to be like, oh, I'm doing my part. And I'm not saying we all have to be perfect, but it's worth, it's worth dissecting these, like these conversations and diving into the nuances. Yeah, you're doing your part, but you're, you're perfectly fine living in a gentrified neighborhood or having people right. be, you know, uh, displaced. And this, 
so I don't know. I've just been thinking about like, we deserve really so much better than what we have. And sometimes a little bit just doesn't seem like enough, you know? And so this is where I come from. Like one, I think when it comes to sustainability, when it comes to self and individual systems and that, not individual systems, but just individuals in itself, like yeah, it's progress over perfection, get where you can, do what you can when we're working in small little entities, when we're talking institutions, when we're talking corporations, those are the things that I can say can be burnt down to the ground. Absolutely. (laughs) Burn it all. Absolutely. Like when it comes to those, the the whole institution- We'll still take your money, Jeff Bezos, if you want to send some grants our way. I don't know. I will. I'll have to launder it, probably. For, I will. I will take guys. it and give it, put it where it's supposed to be in yes. his hands and not yes. his. That's the idea. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Just like, and I'm just thinking about that. I'm thinking about like reparations and all these different systems and how people are kind of like, okay, you guys won't give us what we deserve or what we need. And so we're just going to take in all these different spaces. And it reminds me of this hilarious tiktok video that i saw of this young girl and i can't even remember what song she was singing um it's the i can't remember the song okay it's in my I head but i'm like i know it's like i'm like i'm like what is this song so what the sorry the horrible thing is that i'm associating it with my best friend's wedding and i hate that because it's a black singer so why am i it's like the whitest movie on the and like right so I'm like I hate that I'm doing that but I can't remember the song but she's singing this song and she's like the lead singer and her cat and she got her two two like white girls that are like doing backup for her and her caption was like I'm making two of my white friends do TikTok dances with me for reparations and I'm just like take it where you can get it girl that's right and like everybody in the conference are like yes yes get your reparations that's funny <laughs> Yeah. true like yeah. you get out in front yep <laughs> reparations mean something different for different people we know what it means like holistically for like the black community but like yes. individually we should also be able to define what that means for our lives you know yeah. for our own individual lives and what that looks like absolutely i'm here for all of it i love it I love it so much. 